Welcome to Grace Harvest Church's weekly podcast. For more information about Grace Harvest Church or to find out more about something you hear during the podcast, visit us online at graceharvestchurch.org. Now listen in and allow God to speak to you through this week's message. Today we're actually going to do um, something a little differently, uh, obviously. And uh, today we're going to end up doing a little bit of a testimony conversation Q&A between me and Tanner. Um, This is Tanner. Say hi, Tanner. Good morning. There he is. We're doing a two-part series today and next Sunday. It's called Hope and Future. You want to put it up on the screen, Zenoch? Hope and Future. And um, I think testimonies are so powerful. And it is a really, really beautiful way to hear someone's story and about what Jesus did in their story. And so I'd like to open up with a thought and a little bit of a framework so we kind of understand um, where we're going. And so kind of a, a passage I wanted to read is Jeremiah 19, 10 through 14. You can turn there in your Bible. It's up on the screens. It says this. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. When you call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you, you will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your hearts, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which you were exiled. To give you a little context from this, um, this passage is taken out of when Israel yet again had disobeyed God and served other gods. And the Lord put them into exile into Babylon. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, um, you've probably heard this, the verse, Jeremiah 29, just 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. We quote that, but I think we only apply it when we're doing the right thing at the right time. We think that the Lord only has a future and a hope for us when we're going to church, we're reading our Bible, we're going to the gym. <laughs> We're doing all the right things, but this passage would illustrate something different. That even in the midst of rebelling and of doing the right thing, or doing the wrong thing, and being exiled and all these wrong things, yet still, the Lord is after you. He has a plan and a future for you. He has a hope for you. And when we think about our life, that is probably the time when we need it the most. When things are good, things are good. But when things are bad, what we need is the right word at the right time. So I think this is a great setup to go into a little bit of a testimony. Yeah, Tanner, tell us a little bit about um, your story and how you ended up here at Grace Harvest Church. Amen. Well, thank you for the beautiful introduction. A little bit of my story is uh, I'm 29 years old. Um, At birth, I was... A premature baby. I was one pound eight ounces. Um, growing up, uh, my parents were 
drug addicts, uh, opiate users, and I grew up in a, in a dope house for the early years of my childhood. When I was uh, from birth to going through grade school, my, my mom and my dad had been raising me. Uh, my dad was in and out of jail. Um, you know, my parents were active users. Um, sometimes, you know, my mom also too. Um, that in, in turn, my grandmother, my grandparents would take me at points in my life. And so growing up through childcare, it was kind of, or through uh, with my grandparents and my mom, it was kind of unstable. Well, going through, uh, moving on to junior high <clears throat> and having that influence uh, in my life, uh, my dad actually had passed away of a heroin overdose in the seventh grade. And uh, so I was seventh grade, my dad had passed away. And uh, at this point, <clears throat> I was... Uh, uh, just in the, uh, in the transition of my dad just passing away and uh, my mom uh, and dad were in and out of prison. My mom actually had caught a charge and was in prison at that point. Uh, we got caught up in CPS, me and my brother, and uh, for a short time was in child care and until uh, my grandparents had adopted me and my brother. Um, when I was in 20, 2004... Uh, at this point, my grandparents had adopted me and my brother. We had moved to Moses Lake, and uh, I was a freshman in high school. Um, I moved here, and uh, my mom was still in prison. My dad had passed away, like I said, and I was living with my grandparents. Well, go right, right after freshman year, my grandparents had, uh, had uh, just gone through a divorce after 47 years of marriage. So I was about 16 years old. You know, grandparents just divorced. My mom had just got out of prison months before my grandparents had split up. And so I was just kind of a young man in walking through life with just like all of a sudden, you know, the last barrier of of any authority in my life was my grandparents. And so I was just like, okay, I just got my license and I was ready to party. I was just in and out of uh, the house, going to school. But... uh at that time, going through a, a divorce through high school, um, my mom had got out of prison, and uh, she has suffered from uh, a body ailment and uh, just being sick, and she's been on prescription pills for a long time. And I was at that point stealing her prescription pills, methadone, uh, Oxycontin, and at a young age, about 16, I had, uh, I had you know, introduced myself into using opiates. I went through high school and I graduated, um, you know, just kind of partying here and there, uh, drinking, smoking weed, um, you know, a little, uh, a little cocaine here and there, and uh, so on and so forth. I graduated, and uh, as that snowball effect started to build up, um, I had graduated and stepping out into the work field. Um, at this point, I was a functioning addict. You know, I was no longer in school. Um, I was working, but still, like, on my after hours, I was using uh, pills and drinking and just went, went from the party scene in high school, turned into the, the bar scene uh, outside of high school, and uh, so on and so forth. I, at that point, um, I, at that point, had, uh, there was an epidemic, I don't know, it was an epidemic uh, out in the streets where uh, Oxycontin was no longer over the market and uh, heroin was the next best thing. So I was about 21 years old when I uh, started using heroin. And uh, for about two years until I was about 23, uh, that pretty much sink line hooked me. And uh, I was off and on. I couldn't 
keep nothing really solid in my life between relationships and just work. And uh, at that point, I found myself uh, stuck using heroin and meth user. Um, at that point, you know, my mom, she was wherever she was at. My, uh, my grandparents had split up. My grandma, at a young age, when I was in grade school, had always, you know, planted that seed of the Lord in, in, in my life. And she, had, uh, she was the only thing when, uh, before my grandparents got divorced that was, that was a light into my life. And uh, <clears throat> I knew at that point in my life, at 23, I was, I, I needed, I needed, I needed change, and I needed help. Well, I ended up uh, getting a flyer from my grandma, and she was the one that was praying for me, praying, "Mothers, don't stop praying." <clears throat> but uh, I sat on a flyer she gave to me. It was for a men's Christian recovery home, and uh, I finally got that flyer, and you know, I turned it in, and. Uh, at that point, I find myself, you know, about 23 years old in a men's Christian recovery home, you know, like a fish out of water. I was in there and coming down. They bring you in and, and you know, you, you detox for a couple of days and all of a sudden, boom, you're right into it. And it was spiritual boot camp. I mean, they were, they were you know, praying in the mornings, doing devotion. You know, it's full-time ministry. And it's kind of like, man, you know, like I was not used to it. And then after after like a week of that, I was like, Oh, I don't know if I could do this any longer. I was like, I was sober at this point. And I, so I called my grandma. And I'm like, okay, I got three days, four days in here. I'm clean, you know. I called her. I was like, hey, you know, I said, this is great and all, but I don't know if uh, it's going to work out. I said, they're praying out loud. They're Pentecostal. I said, they're praying in tongues. And she's like, oh, really? Click. <laughs> and, and at that point, I was like, okay, well, I burned my last bridge. And uh, I, uh, I had spent 16 months in a men's Christian recovery home. And at that point, the Lord had really got a hold of my life. And just in a spiritual discipline of uh, praying, uh, fasting, you know, uh, washing of uh, the, the word, you know, just, you know, hearing messages, you know, soaking into the word and uh, prayer. We did a lot of uh, evangelizing and, <clears throat> and like servanthood. And they just, they, they really emphasized discipleship. And so, uh, pretty much, I was under a director for about 16 months, and uh, the really the, the Lord really got a hold of my life, and uh, I really built uh, an awareness of just community and servanthood, and uh, the Lord had just started my uh, my just my walk and uh, and building a reverence to the Spirit of God. Well, after that, um, I did 16 months, like I said, and uh, I had left for. I left because I had legal obligation outside of the city I was living in, and I had to leave. Well, <clears throat> I, I went through a season uh, for about a year where I was outside of a community, and uh, I was trying. I was living over in uh, North Seattle, in uh, Lake Stevens, and I was outside a community. And uh, the Lord had had me, but He was had me in a place of. Uh, full-time ministry, and then he's like, okay, I'm going to have you in a place of work. And I was still a testimony to what the Lord was doing around me. But in that time, I, uh, I, it was hard, you know, trying to get plugged back in because when I was in recovery, they really emphasized community and being plugged in and having a church family and being a part of a body. And it was hard uh, living over there in Lake Stevens because they're just dealing with the traffic. I was commuting to Redmond back and forth. Uh, and <clears throat> uh, eventually, I uh, I got out of where I needed to get out of, and uh, I find myself moving back to Moses Lake two years ago. I've been uh, a part of uh, Grace Harvest Church now for two years, and uh, I I I got plugged in 
um, about as soon as I got into town. And uh, I ran into Pastor Doug at Safeway, actually, because I went to high school with Stephen Sherman. And, and so I kind of knew him. And I said, oh, Pastor Doug. I said, oh, I got something to tell you. And I was so, so excited just in, uh, in my deliverance. But uh, <clears throat> there's one thing, though. Uh, you know, sobriety is a beautiful thing. But today, as of uh, last October, uh, not today, well, today I, I, I talked to you, a delivered man from, from opiate addiction. But uh, sobriety is a beautiful thing. But uh, uh, in deliverance, uh, it's, it's, for, it's for the long haul. And the Lord had delivered me there in, in the men's Christian recovery home. And so <clears throat> that was four years ago, October 3rd, four years ago. I've been walking with the Lord. And... Uh, <clears throat> Amen. And so coming to Moses Lake and uh, seeing Pastor Doug and, you know, I knew I needed to get plugged back into church and I was aware of that. And that was my goal because I know the Lord didn't save me just to save me and for me to just, you know, uh, take my blessing and just sit on it. But, you know, he has called me and he's called everybody in this room. But but uh, so so I come here and, you know, I. I sat in in those chairs back there for about six months, and I was like, okay, you know, I was just trying to get rooted, you know, and just come to service on Sunday, you know. I didn't want to jump into, uh, into ministry or just serving full-time right away because I just had to get my heart aligned with what the Lord was trying to do and just kind of catch the vision of what we're doing here at Grace Harvest Church. And, uh, you know, for six months, I kind of I sat back, and I was like, okay. But then eventually the Lord started, like, uh, tugging at me, like, okay, you need to step out. You need to step out. You know, uh, uh, you know, you know, like I did a work in your life, not for you to hold it in, but for you to share it. And and so <clears throat> eventually I I pulled a, we had we were doing a, a sermon series on discipleship. And I and I called on Raul one day and I said, hey, man, I said, I'd like to go out to lunch there or something. And I said, you know what, man? I said, I've been uh, I've been delivered three years from opiate addiction or, or two years at that point, two years on opiate addiction. I said, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm. This is where I'm trying to go. I said, I said, you know, where would you have me? And I said, I said, I need to get plugged in. You know, I need community. I need, I need to be a part. You know, because I, you know, there's a, there's the blessings in that. Because in community, we're gonna grow, we're gonna grow spiritually. And uh, he's like, okay. So, so he tried me out. He's like, uh, he's like, we'll see if you cut the team. We're gonna, I'll have you make the, come in on Sundays and you can make the coffee. So, <laughs> so. What'd you do this morning? I made the coffee. There you go. Good man. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> So, you know, with that with that being said, you know, just uh, four years delivered uh, from a opiate addiction. You know, I used to be busted and disgusted, couldn't be trusted. You know, out I was out there and uh, you know a functioning addict, but it seemed like everything in life was. It would work for a time, you know. I'd work, have a job, six months, maybe a year, uh, maybe two years. But like eventually, something would 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 come up short, and that's because I see that now that I didn't have the Lord in my life. Because the Lord is faithful, and He's faithful in everything that I do. And today, you know, something that I start, I'm able to finish. That's because of the Lord's presence and faithfulness in my life. And you know, I, I, I stand here now, you know, uh, just grateful. Uh, to be a part of a, a beautiful church body, you know, uh, emphasis community a lot, and uh, you know, with uh, with me reaching out to Raul and just saying, you know what, Lord, you know, and, and listening and being obedient to that conviction of my heart, 
you know, eventually things kind of started to turn over, and you know, Noah was like, "Hey, you want to bring? I want to bring you in, and and uh, you can help out with youth." And and through that, I'm able to, you know, uh, grow alongside other youth leaders, and and grow alongside Noah, and and uh, and build relationships with students. And it's just a beautiful thing, and it's just it's part of the, it's. It gives me hope, and not only for my life, but for others' life. And it just you know, it feeds me, and you know, a perspective of you know, my cup is is half full now, and. And, uh, you know, I used to wake up in the morning, you know, thinking, oh, when, when am I going to get my next high? But now, you know, I wake up and I say, there ain't no high like the most high. <laughs> Amen. You're like packed full of one-liners. <laughs> you got another one? What's another one-liner? Put me on the spot. What's that first one? Uh, busted and disgusted, couldn't be trusted. There you go. <laughs> Uh, wow isn't that a great story just to hear um, it's really really beautiful in the scriptures it does say um, about there's, there's a lot of power in the blood of the lamb in the word of our testimony and man I just love to hear this, his story and just where the Lord has brought him um, I have a few questions for you um and the first one <clears throat> um, comes out of this principle that we see all throughout Scripture. Um, I call it the beauty out of ashes principle. And I think a lot of us have had that story where our life is ashes. It's, it's broken. And then out of that, the Lord actually makes something beautiful. Um, speaking to anybody, right? <laughs> and it, actually, there's a verse that comes out of Romans 8, uh, 28. And it says this. And we know that those who love God... All things, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So with that kind of framework, I was thinking, um, how has God made or like made good or restored some of the broken parts of your story? Yeah, amen. So for the first thing that really comes to my mind is, uh, you know, relationships. And when you're out there and uh, you're living for self, most of the time you're living for self and not the ones around you. But, you know, the the Lord, when he came to earth in, as Christ, you know, he exemplified, you know, he came to serve others. And uh, in in uh, my walk before, you know, as a lone ranger, not serving God, I, uh, you know, my relationships with my family broken. You know, you tend to burn your bridges. Sure, I was a functioning addict and I kept a job here and there. But, uh, you know, nothing was solid. Nothing was faithful like, like the spirit of the God is. And... Uh, from 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 old to new or from from dark to light you know from a young man that was uh you know disrespectful to his mother or his his grandparents you know if it was uh, cussing him out or or just uh, very disrespectful i could say that uh the lord has tremendously uh renewed my relationships with them and you know uh and and with all that being said you know Family is some of the hardest people to reach, especially when you're preaching to the choir and they already know all the dirt that you've been through. But then you, I, I just sit on it. You know, I just wait and be faithful in the Lord and wait to see the when the opportune moment is to reach out to them like that. But with all that being said, um, you know, in the season of Christmas and it being New Year's and, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, they, they ask you, what are you thankful for? And, you know, I'm thankful for... Just, uh, you know, family, friends, my church, community, all that church, 
you know, faithful for, you know, being able-bodied and, uh, and you know, just the, allowing the Lord to be my provider. And also, you know, from, from dark to light, you know, I'm also grateful for my failures because if it wasn't for my failures, I wouldn't be able to, you know, sit here today and, uh, and have that discernment and acknowledge, you know, these things. When you're kind of coming, um, now that you're four years in, maybe it feels like you're maybe a little bit out of the woods, but <clears throat> how do you remember hope, Jesus, even how your life has been transformed? Um, how do you remember that when you want to backslide, or, you, or not even want to, but you have that thought to backslide into old habits and thought patterns? Um, what was that wrestling in you, and how did you actually keep moving forward in the right direction? Well, <clears throat> when I, you know, you do enough praying and you do enough reading of the word and you build enough community and, you know, they say, you know, you want to be a man of God, you got to surround yourself with men of God. And you, once you get uh, completely submitted and surrendered to the Lord, you reach a point to where, like, you look back and you're like, I can't even, I don't even know what to do if I went back. And, uh, and with that being said, in uh, dealing with temptation or backsliding or, you know, uh, different thought patterns. You know, the Lord has just done so much in my life that uh, that I just, I, my awareness and the wisdom that he's given me is, uh, I'm very grateful for because he's just done so much to where I couldn't, I couldn't go back to dishonor what he's done. And not only that, but if I was to do that, I would hate to see my, or anybody's testimony go void because you never know who's looking into your life uh, and, and seeing like, oh, wow, the Lord did it for them. They could do it for me. And with that being said, you know, working with some of uh, the people in my, in my workplace, working with some of the people in just my community, even in the last four years, <clears throat> you know, not even in Moses Lake no more, um, they see, you know, they might ask me, even if it wasn't in a church setting, but if it was in a work setting, or maybe it's somebody at the gym, and uh, they know uh, my background, and then they see, uh, just my faithfulness and just what I do, I, I want to be the best uh, testimony to, to those around me because of what, you know, um, I'm grateful that the Lord has uh, blessed me to be able to, you know, help and reach out to uh, maybe the students and youth. And, you know, they, they tend to look up to you and, you know, you reach a point to where, you, t- you reach a point to where even, even you know, your coworkers that are right beside you, even I've had, uh, you know, just older gentlemen that, um, my old boss actually, um, you know, to where he was like, man, you know, like, I got something going on and, and I, want, I want prayer. And, and the Lord allows, you know, to work, glory to him, but allows to work through me and uh, to reach those people. Um. I want to talk about like perspective, <clears throat> perspective in terms of like where your hope lied, how your future was, how has your perspective shifted from being, um, from being unsaved to saved? How has your perspective of like your future and hope changed? Well, before, you know, growing up, my grandpa always told me, he said, oh, you got a job. He's like, that's good. You know, uh, academically, growing up, my family wasn't very uh, inclined. We don't have a lot of graduates. <laughs> but uh, not, I'm not 
for me, it was just like, get a job, keep a job. That's, you know, you're a good man. And uh, say that again. How has your perspective changed? Well, and with all that being said, and I think about, you know, as the American dream, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, get a good job. Uh, you know, build up your, you know, build up your garage and fill it full of toys and, and uh, build up that retirement. And, you know, as a young man, I would tend to think, oh, I'm going to put my hope in, in that brand new truck because that's going to bring me ultimate joy and peace. And I put, uh, you know, uh, my, oh, I got to work hard, but really I had no balance. And, in, in, uh, you know, I was a workaholic. If I, you know, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll work through my sobriety this time. Or, um, you know, I had, I had hope in, in, in relationships. Like, people will let you down, you know. But on the other side of the spectrum, you know, if the Lord is in the center, you know, he is faithful. And with that being said, you know, from putting my hope in all these things and my perspective of, you know, I look back now and I'm like, a lot of those things let me down. You know, cars break down, relationships are broken. You know, people um, that, you know, I thought were my friends, you know, ended up, you know, I don't even talk to them no more. And, uh, you know, m on this side of the, the tracks, I could sit here and say, you know, well, before, it's like, oh, when's Friday? Is it Friday yet? Is it Friday? Well, now, you know, I wake up every morning. It's like, today is Friday because it's heaven on earth. And, you know, there's, there's, you know, every day is Friday because, you know, I'm blessed. And I don't think about retirement no more or, you know, just like I'm going to sit down. It's like, no, the Lord saved me. And he didn't save me just to save me. You know, he called us. And, and, uh, and when, with that being said, you know, it's... With the, in the Lord, you're able to build a relationship and community with, you know, like Noah. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't trust in Noah because he's going to fail me, but I trust in God for Noah. <laughs> I, trust in, I trust in God for Noah. Wisdom. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, and just the accountability and the camaraderie and the brotherhood that I'm able to build solid foundations uh, in relationships in Christ with my with my with our pastors, with our leadership, with everybody in this room, you know, uh, you know, my perspective of, you know, if it's not Christ-centered, then, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, I'm building my foundation upon, a firm, uh, upon the rock, you know, upon, upon a firm foundation. A great question I think um, all of us should probably ask in our own lives. <clears throat> um, Knowing what you know now, what would you say to a 20-year-old you? Stay away from unemployment and credit cards. There you go. <laughs> well, 20-year-old me uh, was still pretty much in the thick of it. But... I think about, like, you know, being in grade school and adolescence and, and uh, just, you know, the, the finer things of, you know, just going out. And back when I was a kid, I liked to skateboard. And, you know, that was all that was on my mind. And, and uh, I think of, like, my innocence of back then. And 20-year-old uh, me, you know, I was, I was, I was in the heart of uh, my darkness. But if I could go back and tell the younger me, if I would listen, I would say... I you know, the Lord's got a plan on your life. He's called you. Um, he's going to do a work in your life. But if you don't 
watch it, you know, who you're hanging out with, you know, uh, you're going you're gonna to fall hard before you reach the top. And not that anyone's arrived or anything, but uh, it's, it's, it's a growing process. And um, I, uh, I, would, I would just, I would tell myself, you know, man up and get her done. Because, you know, there, I, I was a stubborn guy. Kind of in your journey, um, how has church, this body, um, being connected to it, how, how has it played a part in your story? Well, um, coming to Grace Harvest Church, uh, like I said prior to the early parts of my testimony, I had uh, I had sat back for about six months just coming in on a Sunday, uh, receiving the word, you know, uh, watching people get prayed for. Uh, I knew all these things were, uh, you know, of the Lord because I had been saved like for for two years and just transferring from city to city. But uh, I just knew to myself, I was like, okay, I got to receive, I got to hear from the Lord. I wanted to, I wanted to kind of just catch the vision of what we were trying to do in Moses Lake and in and in Grace Harvest Church as a body. And uh, eventually, the Lord started to, uh, you know, kind of rise up a conviction and. Uh, you know, like we're called, we're called to, you know, serve. We're called to, you know, be prayer warriors and pray for one another. And, you know, uh, even, you know, I would start to come a little early and then we do prayer in the mornings and, you know, I'm you know, we need, I, I felt, you know, I needed to be a part of that. And, and so eventually I, you know, reached out to Raul and, uh, and, you know, he said, okay, you come on in and then with you and serving in youth, um, and, uh, and just building a relationship in, in this body, uh, you know, community is what is uh, is what keeps me, uh, and just being able to grow. You know, I I question, uh, you know, how hard it would be to be out there and and serving God alone. You know, being a Lone Ranger Christian because if it wasn't for the body or the community, or you know, having the, the you know, if somebody didn't say you know step out, you know, anybody that. Um, isn't plugged in, you know, and whatever they're doing, watch and see if you were to step out and just do one Sunday a month, if it was greeting and, uh, and allow the body to, to shape and mold you through the spirit of God, because iron sharpens iron. And with, uh, you know, just, uh, running alongside with my brothers and praying and locking arms and, and serving and, you know, rolling up our elbows and serving at a, at a staff night or, you know, uh, doing these things, um, you know, I'm able to, to grow and build community and because the Lord didn't design us to, to live this life alone, but to serve others and also to be a testament. And not only, but are you, you know, serving, but you're getting your cup filled just as much. And your perspective of, you know, is your cup half full? Is your cup half empty? And, you know, I can wake up and just, you know, I'm, I'm filled with a hope and a future for, you know, what the Lord's doing. And, and I get to share that with the body. And, and the Lord wants that for every one of us. And, and, and uh, you know, I'm just grateful to be a part. And, 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 and all I'd ask for is that uh, to stay near to the presence. You know, if it's, you know, wherever you'd have me, Lord. Uh, you know, sometimes it's not always easy. You know, I don't feel like it every day. It's not hard stars, clovers, and balloons. But, uh, you know, I, you know, I just, I just, you know, I just come. And you know what, Lord, have your way. You know, I'm tired, but have your way. And just keep on being faithful. Keep showing up. 
you know, and, and allow the Lord to, to use you and just to, and to administer to your heart and through community and, and uh, you know, just uh, obedience, you know, staying humble and, 